Hi there, this is Curtis Dieter. Like all of you, I am many things. A husband, a father, and a son. I'm a hard worker and a dreamer, a writer and a publisher, but underneath everything, I am made of rust and glass. You are listening to Proud to Be of Rust and Glass, a podcast series of conversations surrounding the creative journey and all the good and ill associated with making great art in the Midwest. It is the human side of colors brushed onto canvas, of words scribbled between covers, of sweat and grit bled into telling our stories. Real stories about real people doing what we love best, making great art. Today's guest on Proud to Be of Rust and Glass is Jody McFarlane, a singer-songwriter originally from Hamilton, Ohio. His creative influences come from day-to-day lives of ordinary folk and is heavily influenced by predecessors such as Springsteen and Mellencamp. He writes about work, relationships, kids, and losing friends, all the joys and sorrows we as Midwesterners and as human beings experience every day. He was once heralded by American Songwriter Magazine as a valued subscriber. Jody, thank you for joining us today. It's great to have you. Hey, Curtis. Thanks. Great to be here. So the beginning is always the best place to start, I think. Sometimes we like to deviate that from that a little bit, but uh, can you tell us how music found you? I don't know, I love the way you worded the question. Semantics are a great thing. Music found me as an adolescent seeking identity. That's where music found me. Uh, I had family that was into music. I was into sports for a long time, uh, but in seeking out an identity, uh, music found me or I found it, uh, and music said, hey, follow me. There are great things ahead, and I started rolling with it, so cut my teeth on the bass and taking bass lessons and got into the music program at school and, you know, local bands, and it just kind of went from there. Very cool. How early did you get started? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen, which is not as early as some, but also, you know, it, it was a good age. It was a good age because that was, again, girls liked musicians, and I thought that was a pretty cool thing. <laughs> Absolutely. But I also thought that bass would be an easier instrument to learn because, uh, you know, when you're ADHD and high-functioning anxiety but you don't know it yet, you look at the bass and you go four strings versus six. Well, it's got to be easier to learn. And I found it was every bit of a challenge as any other instrument. Oh, yeah. Um, and the guitar came much later, but oh, yeah. that, and, was, that was the start. And yeah. the girls aren't quite as interested in the bass player. Are they, they are not. I found <laughs> that out the hard way, too, yeah. Absolutely. So so you started with the bass and played around for a bit. Um, when did you sort of start branching off from that and, and learning more about the craft and about who you were as a musician? Not till much later in life. I was intending to make a career out of this, on the bass and considered going to school for it uh, and studying it and played in a couple bands and got into uh, actually into jazz and played with a, a jazz group for a while and that seemed very exciting and I tinkered around with learning the guitar I eventually taught myself enough chords to be dangerous uh, and that's when I started getting the idea to write songs but they weren't very good at the time uh, <laughs> and then came the long hiatus in my life which you told me I had to keep my answers short. So I, I'm working on not getting too windy with it. But uh, but yeah, uh, you know, in my early 20s or so, you know, that was that was an exciting time. And then I kind of stepped away for a number of years and then had to come back to it. So I think that's, that's something that's important to understand about us as artists, as creators, is we aren't always as invested in what we love as we should be. 
And we do have those times where you said, like, you had that hiatus. Can you tell us why that happened? What sort of you took from that? You know, how you got out of that and back into what you love doing? The hiatus came as a result of a couple of things, and, and mostly, you know, involving personal choices. Uh, I, I got engaged, and I was, so I was playing in a jazz group at the time, and was not as disciplined as I should have been, uh, so I didn't practice much. And I also, again, undiagnosed ADHD and high-functioning anxiety, had a very difficult time with constructive criticism. And when people would say things like, hey, uh, you know, this doesn't sound right, or can you work on this, and or you need to practice more, and I would get very defensive. And, and as a result, you know, my personality didn't vibe with the rest of this group I was mm-hmm. playing with, so they summarily fired me, uh, which there was a sense of annoyance and relief with that. And then my fiancé at the time said, well, we've got this life that we're going to try and start together, and, you know, I think it's time that you grow up a little bit. And I kind of went, yeah, okay, maybe you're right. Hmm. Uh, so it kind of put things away and, and walked away for a number of years during that, uh, during that marriage, uh, which did not last. And not necessarily because of that. There were several other reasons. But not having that in my life kind of drew some conclusions uh, in my head that it's not just something I do. It's part of who I am, which I know sounds very cliche, but there's honest, honest truth to that. And uh, so not having it, you know, I tried to fill that void with other things. Copious amounts of alcohol was one way. And uh, I've learned that that doesn't work, (laughs) you know, thanks to great therapy these days and and some medication. Sometimes Um, it seems like it does in the short term. And then you look back and you realize, oh, man, what was I doing? Right. And I and I've had people ask, you know, did you ever get that same euphoric sense of, as when you were playing or creating? And I, I said, no, and that was the problem. You know, you'd binge more because you kept thinking you had to get there. and mm-hmm. You never did. Yeah, and, and cliches become cliches for a reason. I mean, people who exactly. are not creative, people who, you know, aren't musicians, aren't writers, aren't artists, don't really understand fully, uh, and, and to no fault of their own. They don't really understand how that part of us, without that, we aren't whole. You know, we aren't uh, mentally who we're supposed to be. Um, we can't really, we have a hard time focusing on other things in our lives because there's always that nagging voice in the back of our mind that's like, you should be playing music right now. You should be writing a song. You should be publishing that short story that you just missed another deadline on. And that is enough to drive you crazy. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Especially if you have somebody, like you said, who, who, you know, there are other things going on, obviously, but somebody who told you to grow up instead of supporting who you were. And and I don't, you know, because I don't want to disparage that relationship. Of course. There were a lot of great things that came out of that. But yes, uh, you know, unless you are one of those people, uh, you cannot fully grasp, you know, how that brain works. You right. just, you can't. Um, and, you know, be that to the good or to the bad. Absolutely. So on a little bit of a lighter topic here, you know, people hear music and they want to know imitation is the greatest form of flattery, right? People want to know who are your biggest influences? Who did you grow up rocking out to? Who who sort of forged you as the musician you are? I might age myself a little bit. I, I grew up a kid of the 80s, so I feel like, and every generation says this, I know, but I feel like that was probably at the greatest point thus far, uh, you know, in, in music, uh, because we weren't 
yet too far removed from the Beatles and, and Zeppelin and, and a lot of the, the great music that came out of the 60s and 70s, we were introduced to things like synthesizers, hip hop, and seeing that begin to mesh and cross. And so it was an exciting time. All that being said, though, full confession here, I got drawn into hairband music because, again, girls liked hairband music and they liked the guys in the bands and that's a lot of the music that the band I was playing in at the time that's what we played so uh, so I got into that a little bit but through all the synthesizing music and all the changes and you know as great as Prince was uh, and Michael Jackson I still would be drawn to Born in the USA um, and then Scarecrow came out and it was that not all of Born in the USA was stripped back, but a lot of it, you know, was just pure, unadulterated rock and roll that told stories of people that growing up in, in a small industrial city or post-industrial, I related to, you know, and Bob Seger released Like a Rock, and it just, everything was, wow, this is fantastic. And if I could write like that one of these days, <laughs> um, that would be outstanding. Well, you know, you should write like Jody, though, right? How did you take those influences and sort of bridge the gap to finding yourself as a musician? I don't know if I have yet if, uh, all the way through, I suppose. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I write less with the intent of sounding like those artists, those writers, and, and write more for my experiences. It just, I think sometimes it still happens to fall into that you sound just like, uh, and in some ways it's singing, in some ways it's it's writing style, uh, and that's and that's okay. But being able to draw on what goes on around you, you know, like I said, relationships, your family, the kids, people getting jobs, losing jobs, trying to survive day to day, you know, losing friends and family, and and we all endure those things. Great art sometimes will take somebody away from those things because they want to escape. And sometimes great art gives them the opportunity to go, oh, yeah, I'm not the only one in this. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. that's good. It's good to remember. You know, I, I take those sounds and those styles and, you know, a lot of it sounds, I think, similar. But I also like to think that I'm drawing more on on, uh, you know, what I see around me and my own life and and, and putting it into a perspective that this is what I do. If you like it, that's great, and hopefully you do. And if you don't, that's fine too. But share with your enemies because maybe they'll like it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, some of some of the greatest stories that you know have been told throughout time have been those ordinary stories that you think people want to escape from, but really want people want as many avenues to be able to confront that as they they could possibly get. And music is a great one. Music has always been cathartic for people. I think it's always been a way to step away from the real world. You know, put your headphones on, rock out, restart, you know, re-energize a little bit. Yeah. And music, like any other form of art, is multisensory. I mean, we think of it as audio. Great song will put a memory in your head. So now mm -hmm. you've got a visual, you know, or that sense of smell or taste. If you go back and you go, oh, yeah, I remember that, you know, or something like that. Oh, yeah. uh, where a great story will do that, too. It'll take you somewhere. And then now you're hearing something while you're reading you know and, oh, yeah. and so it's everything in in art i think is multi-sensory and i think it's it's good to keep that in mind when you're when you're creating mm -hmm. i was just trying to explain to my four-year-old the other day the experience of being at a concert 
and speaking of multisensory where you can feel it in your bones and in your in your muscles and all that stuff and without actually experiencing that it's really really hard to put into words speaking of um, what's one of your favorite concerts you've ever been to oh i've seen a lot of them probably bob seger silver bullet band uh and it was just a few years ago very cool um at pine knob you know so hometown concert you know it wasn't they hadn't changed the name back to pine knob yet he came out with a t-shirt that said i still call it pine knob the place went crazy uh but bad back and all you know um there just was an energy level on that stage that again multi-sensory you just they're great artists and and they write great songs and their concerts are good this was a, a step above so that's probably my it's probably the best one probably my favorite awesome it's so kind of fresh in the memory banks too I love it. That helps, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what makes you proud to be of Rust and Glass and proud to be making music here in the Midwest? I think probably just being a part of the community that's here, of, of creative type of people. You know, I, I'm i grateful to be on the podcast here. Uh, there are some great writers out there. You know, I, I think of uh, Chloe Wagenhauser. I think of uh, Martin Coop, Jeff Stewart, Zach Fletcher. Uh, Krista McCutcheon, Carmen Miller. Uh, I'm going to leave people out. I know there's uh, so many of them. It's, so it's hard. Many. It's impossible not to. But the cool thing, yeah. But the cool thing about all of that is, you know, I I rattle off all those names, and stylistically, we're very different mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. You know, and there are age differences, which I think help because you draw from different backgrounds and influences and ideas, and so I think that's what makes, uh, you know, being from this area and being a part of rust and glass is, is so special is because you know there is that great community of of creative type people and writers and it's just it's it's just fun oh yeah oh yeah it definitely is and there's no end of the fun either um is there anything else uh, about your music career about your creative self that you'd like to to touch on that we might not have talked about yet i think just the idea of of me finally being true to myself and, and being able to uh, turn this into something I do as a part of who I am instead of something I do maybe when the chores are done, you know, because right. the laundry's never done. Uh, the house always needs clean. There are always dishes in the sink. The, the grass always needs cut. You know, there's always something. And, and if you wait to go do the thing that makes you tick until you have time to do it, you're never going to do it. So I think any... Again, cliche advice, but, uh, you know, if don't say this is what I do. Say this is who I am. I'm an author. I'm an artist. I'm a writer. I'm a songwriter. I'm a musician. This is what I do. And and then go from there and find time. Find time for the chores. Don't find time for. Right. Right. I think that's a, a seemingly subtle shift in mindset, but it's it's vitally important. So is there anywhere that people can find you or people can listen to your music? Check out what you're doing. Uh, so I kind of live around town under the moniker of, of a band called JP and the Big Deal. Uh, and so you can find the Facebook page. I have about a half dozen songs right now and, and more to come that are uh, streaming on all platforms, as they say. <laughs> and uh, so you can you can find the music out there. You can find myself playing around town solo or, or with the band or with uh, usually as a duo uh, myself and, and percussionist, and we have an absolute blast. A lot of cover songs, but that's also a fun way 
to get the creative outlet, you know, and just to play that music and to have people really enjoy themselves. So look for me around town. Find me on Facebook. Go go stream my songs. Yes, yes, multiple <laughs> multiple times. Have your friends and family do so as well, right? That whole that whole adage. So if you if you have time, um, if you'd like uh, to play a song for us today, um, if you have anything prepared, uh, yeah, I'd love to. That would be great. Awesome. Sunrise on the mommy Fort Meg's overlooking the mist The eagles nest in the silhouette The inner urban bridge Another day, another new jeep Keep building them powertrains Refueling the world at the refineries the Andersons loaded in the green From Point Place The old west and north, south, east and west side We're just everyday people Towing the everyday line This is live in the 419 We got Mud ends in the field And walleye on ice Hit somebody! Culture clash Lenny glass Riding the Ohio turnpike Cruising out to Cedar Point Mommy bear the marble headlight Kelly's Isle The peristyle The observatory on a starlit night Tony Paco's the Beirut, Mancy's and Mr. Freeze. Whoa, Rudy's or Nettie's, they're both mighty fine. We're living life in the 419. And holy Toledo, who'd have thunk it? would make your home right here. You'll do better here than anywhere. Black Swamp, Fallen Timbers, Battlefield Oh, the places and the faces stand the test of time We're living life in the 419 And holy Toledo, who'd have thunk it? You'd make your home right here You'll do better here than anywhere
Awesome. That was fantastic. Jody, thank you so much. That was Life in the 419 by Jody McFarlane. We appreciate you playing that for us. We appreciate the conversation with you today. And, uh, you know, we are so happy to have learned a little bit about your background. Thanks, Curtis. I, I love being here, and I really appreciate your time. As we just heard, the 419 is alive with the music of day-to-day life. That song was Life in the 419 by Jody McFarlane, and I am thrilled to have had an opportunity to share a piece of this music with you in my conversation with him today. This has been today's episode of Proud to Be of Rust and Glass. I am your host and producer, Curtis Dieter. Our executive producer is Chris Pfeiffer. If you want to join the conversation, check us out at wgte.org backslash rustandglass. Until next time, thanks for listening. Now, go forth and create. WGTE. Voices around us. WGTE is supported in part by American Rescue Plan Act funds allocated by the City of Toledo and the Lucas County Commissioners and administered by the Arts Commission.